Hi everyone, I'm Chad Harms and this is Testimony, a podcast telling the stories of how and why people became Christians. On today's bonus episode, you'll hear Jeff Orge talk about the few times he's felt distant from God, but mainly you'll hear him tell an awesome story about the closest he's ever felt to God. It is a great story and one you'll want to hear. Before our episode plays though, I want to let you know that I'd love to read your testimony. You can share with me by going to testimonypodcast.com and filling out the form there. There's a chance I'll ask for permission to read it on the show, but even if you don't let me, I'd love to read it. You can also use the form on testimonypodcast.com to share ideas with me about whose testimony you'd like to hear on our show. Dream big and then send me your ideas. Before today's episode plays, I want to make clear, as I do with every bonus episode, that it's just that, a bonus episode. It is meant to be listened to after the full-length episode that came out two weeks ago telling the story of how and why Jeff became a Christian. That story is an amazing story about God and how he can give someone an identity and a purpose and how those things can change the entire course of someone's life. If you haven't already listened to it, hit pause on this episode and go listen to that one first. It will make certain things you'll hear in today's conversation make more sense. If you'd like to make a financial donation to this show, it would help us a lot. You can do that by going to testimonypodcast.com and clicking on the big yellow button. Anything you donate will help this show be heard by more people. I mentioned that I want to hear what people you think I should interview for this show. Well, next month's guest is with my kids' dream guest. Hazel and Hudson started listening to a podcast called Kids Short Stories in 2020 or 2021, and they were totally hooked. The host of that show is Jim Jacob, or rather, Mr. Jim. I knew he was a Christian. I knew that my kids thought he was awesome. So I reached out, and next month I get to share his story. Here is a clip. Like I remember sitting on our, I can close my eyes and, and sit on our front porch after having played catch, you know, in the front yard with the baseball and just casually asking, you know, about Jesus. And it was like an instant end of conversation. Uh, um, it was just, we don't talk about that because I don't believe that. <sighs> And now I want to play you more of my conversation with Jeff Orge. Most of what you'll hear doesn't need an explanation, but this first part does. In the full episode, which I hope you've listened to already, Jeff talks about how important a decision to leave an established church to plant a church in Oregon was for his life. That answer was in response to a question about pivotal moments in his Christian journey. It was actually only part of the answer, though. Here's the rest. I, I got to Oregon and I got connected to the seminary, never dreamed of anything like that ever happening. And yet here I was teaching at the Northwest campus and developing a relationship with the seminary. I moved to the Northwest and planted the church and became uh, acquainted with convention leadership through the church planting efforts. And then uh, because of that, got the notice of people who were making the kind of selections for leadership that were needed for the convention at that time. And then because of that, I ultimately was asked to become the president of Gateway. None of this would have happened if I hadn't made the decision to pursue a calling instead of a career when I was about 30 years old and went to Oregon. So that was another one of those, you know, sort of crossroads moments where you, you decide and then God has so much more in it than you could have ever known in the decision. And then I'd say another one and probably the most recent one for me was the decision to relocate the seminary from Northern California to Southern California. That was a, a long and arduous process, but it ultimately culminated in a moment of time when a decision had to be made. And that, that decision time, 
both in the board meeting where the decision was made and privately when I was struggling through myself with the decision. Uh, those were some of the most, uh, most uh, demanding and yet also most intimate times with God that I've ever experienced. And so those were definitely a time when my faith was shaped and grown and, and, and I was remolded as a man and as a leader. So those are some examples. Just preparing for our interview, I saw you actually, or maybe I listened to a, another podcast we're on, but that's a central part of uh, one of your books, the, the the change, right? Yeah, yeah. I wrote a book called the the uh, leading major change in your ministry. There's a lot of people struggling with identity right now, especially young people, right? Maybe more than ever before in our country's history, at least. Uh, so how how did your conversion, becoming a Christian, help in that identity crisis? Well, the first thing is I got a father uh, whose name I could bear. I'm a Christian. I relate to a heavenly father. I was in a family. Um, For the first time, I was totally accepted. I had standing and status. Uh, It was all there. And so that was the groundwork of my identity. Now, I did not know all about that when I was 13. I just knew I wanted something different in my life and it was being offered to me. It was actually probably not only just a 10 year process until I was 23, but after I moved into my first pastorate, it was probably another five years before I fully worked through a lot of these identity issues because I had to really come to understand who I was in Jesus Christ and what my relationship with him really established for me in terms of an identity. Um, So it was a long, slow process, but it was all grounded in my conversion experience and the newness of my relationship with God through Christ. That's great. So maybe you've already answered this, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. And it may be something that's happened, you know, far after that conversion experience, but what's the furthest you've ever felt from God? You know, I, I have a hard time answering that question because in my adult life, I've had this strong sense of God's presence in my life. Uh, every day, all the time, I'm just aware that God is with me and present in my life. I think some of the distance times, though, would be times when I felt like I'd really disappointed God or I'd really not lived up to the standards or expectations he has had for me. And so I've never had a long season of life when I didn't feel close to God or a a particular period of time or incident where that was true, but more just uh, from time to time in life where I felt like I had either done something really egregious or done something that just didn't really measure up. On the flip side of that question, what's the closest you've ever felt uh, to God? That's easy. Uh, 1994, June, I had an experience with God, really two of them, that uh, changed me forever. Uh, The first one was uh, on the night that I had, uh, excuse me, uh, the, the first part of the experience was on the night that I had my second cancer surgery. Just a brief background, I, I had a cancer surgery on a Monday excuse me, I'm sorry, had the cancer surgery on, uh, on a Wednesday. And they really didn't think I had cancer. So it was like, ah, we're going to go in there and explore around a little bit and take out some stuff. And 
and uh, we'll get back to you, you know, because it was just, I had a, about a 10% chance of having cancer is what they told me. So that was about Wednesday. Well, nothing happened until after the weekend, but on the following Monday, I got this phone call early Monday morning telling me that I had cancer and that I had to have a second surgery that day to um, take the rest of it all out of my body and all this stuff. Okay. So I was, that was a very stressful, difficult day. And uh, as I already mentioned, it was in that same time frame that the search committee from the Northwest Baptist Convention had contacted me. And I was really, uh, I was spiritually unsettled because I thought, why are they contacting me? I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm, I've only been at my church that I planted for about six years. What, what, what is happening here? And, and, uh, and I had this cancer thing going on for about three months leading up to these surgeries and it was all simultaneously going on. So there was a lot of spiritual confusion in my life at this point. Like what is happening? Why is this going on? Do I have cancer? Why am I getting cancer now? How does this affect the church? Should I be thinking about leaving the church? Why would I think about leaving the church? All this going on in my mind. And I got to the second surgery. And Chad, I've told this story before, and there's parts of it that are hard to explain, but I'll just lay it out for you. Let, let the listeners sort it out. I was taken to the hospital for the second surgery. It was late in the day. They got me ready for surgery. And um, an African-American male nurse took me into a waiting area and said, um, as soon as your surgical team all assembles, we're going to take you in, but they're not all quite ready yet. Uh, I'm just going to leave you here if you're okay. And, uh, I'll be back for you. And I said, okay. So he left the room and it was really the first time all day that I'd been alone. So I, I lay there and I said, Lord, or I said, father, why is this happening to me? Now, I didn't say it in a belligerent way, like, you know, hey, God, I'm Jeff Orge. What's wrong with you? Come on, get with the program. Why is this happening to me? It was more of a, or an earnest question. God, there's something happening here. Why is this happening to me? And then I said a prayer, something like this. I said, Lord, um, we prayed I wouldn't have cancer and I have cancer. We prayed I wouldn't have surgery. Now I'm having two. We prayed I, might, I wouldn't lose my voice. Now they're telling me I might not ever speak again after this second surgery. Lord, what, why is all this happening to me? And in the next moment, God's presence came into the room in a way that I've only experienced once in my lifetime. And God spoke to me like I'm talking to you right now and said, you belong to me. You don't belong to your church or your family or your dreams for your future. You belong to me. And I lay there for a moment and then I said, Father, does this mean I'm leaving my church and going to the convention? And God responded, Jeff, be ready. What, uh, let me get this right. He said, uh, you belong to me. I'll lead you into what I will lead you into and out of whatever I want to lead you out of. You just be ready. You belong to me. And then God's presence left the room. And I lay there and I thought, all right, Lord. And I started strategizing in my mind the steps necessary to leave the church and go to the convention. 
And I knew I wasn't going to die of cancer and I knew I wasn't going to lose my voice and I knew I was going to be fine. But I knew I was headed for some really challenging next few weeks of figuring out what all this meant. The reason I gave that detail about the story is I later mentioned to another nurse a day or two later, my appreciation for the kindness of the African-American male nurse who had helped me. And she said, we don't have any African-American male nurses at this hospital. So Chad, I have no idea how I got in that room and no idea how I got alone. And I later found out that was outside of protocol too, to leave a pre-surgical patient ready for surgery left alone. But somehow God got me in a room by myself and met me in the way that only happened once in my life. And I emphasize that because people hear this story sometimes and they think, oh, I want that. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know how you get that. I, I didn't want it. I, I've never had it since. I, nothing like that's ever happened to me, but one time in my life. But there was one time in a way that I've never experienced before or since and can't really explain. I can only describe when God uh, spoke to me as clearly as I'm having a conversation with you right now. And, um, it was a life-changing moment. Now, I'll tell you how, how much it changed me. Um, I, I went out of that experience and I didn't tell anyone about it, not even my wife. So we go from, that was June, we go up until September and I've never told her about it. Now, the reason I didn't tell anyone was because I thought I might have had an hallucination or lost my mind or had a dream or I didn't know what happened to me in the hospital. I mean, I don't have categories for that experience. Okay. And so I didn't tell anyone. And also I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to be arrogant. There was a search committee that had to make a decision. And if they picked someone else, I didn't want to look like a fool by announcing that I had heard from God, you know? So I didn't tell anybody. And then when September came and the process had worked its way through, the search committee called me and said, uh, you're our number one candidate and we'd like to interview you. And at that point, I sat down with my wife and I said, look, we've been talking about this, but I haven't been telling you the whole story. I need to tell you what happened in the hospital. So I told her the story. And then my wife said this in reply. She said, I knew something happened to you in the hospital, but I didn't know what it was. She said, I thought maybe they told you you were going to die or something uh, or that your cancer was more serious than you were telling me. I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew something happened in the hospital. I said, OK. And then she said this, she said, and the reason that I knew something happened was because you changed more in one day in the hospital than in the 15 years I've been married to you. She said, you aren't the same person. What happened to you now makes sense to me because you met God and he's changed our lives and we're going to go in a different direction. And I understand why you couldn't tell me, but now I'm glad you did. And it all makes perfect sense. You're, you're, you're not the same person. Well, that's the closest I've been to God, but I want to just say one more part about that story because I want to say something nice about my wife. Um, that night after that surgery was a rough night. Uh, my body was not responding well. A lot of problems won't go into, but it was just a rough night. And uh, my wife sat by my bed that night and held my hand through the darkest night of my life. And in my book, The Painful Side of Leadership, I, I dedicate that book to my wife. And uh, we've laughed about it over the years that I dedicated The Painful Side of Leadership to my wife. There's a bit of a problem there, but I did dedicate the book to her. 
But the dedication page says to Anne, who held my hand through the darkest night of my life. And so that night, early in the night, I had the meeting with God, then surgery, then the longest night of my life, and my wife with me the whole way through. So in answer to your question, when did I feel closest to God uh, and the most life-impacting encounter with God? Well, since my conversion, it was that moment in June 1994. That's an amazing story. Uh, yeah, I mean, those those encounters with God are pretty few and far between. Uh, if we could manufacture them, they wouldn't be that important, would they? No. Uh, can I ask what kind of cancer you had? Yeah, I had thyroid cancer. Uh, and thyroid cancer is very curable. It's just the surgeries that are that are difficult. Uh, and I have been cured. I'm fine. I take uh, thyroid medication every day and have for, gosh, now almost 30 years. But uh, otherwise, I have no problems. Before I let you go, I want to read to you a testimony that someone shared with me. The story you are about to hear is that of Max Sternberg. Here's what Max sent to me. Well, I was born and raised Reformed Jewish, and it came from both sides of my family. I always knew that there was a God, but thought he was too busy or angry or full of wrath. I lived my worldly life and worldly ways until I met my wife in my early 20s, who promptly told me that if I wanted to hang out with her on Sundays, she would be at church. I'd never been to church before, and when we rolled up to an Assemblies of God church plant, meeting in the basement of a house on a day of communion, I thought that she had brought me to a cult. Fast forward a couple of years later, I raised my hand in the same church plant accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Everything just made sense. And how could Jesus fulfill all those prophecies from the Old Testament and not be the Messiah? Now it's 12 years later, I'm a self-published Christian fantasy author, an Old Testament lay scholar, a youth pastor for Upper Room Youth Group, and a husband and father of two. Above all that, however, I am a blood-bought son of God and believer in Jesus. I love reading that, Max. I'm thankful that you decided to walk into that basement all those years ago. To everyone else, remember you can share your story with me by going to testimonypodcast.com. I'd love to read it. Testimonypodcast.com is also the place you can make a donation to the show. Anything you give is incredibly helpful. And finally, don't forget to subscribe so that you can be notified when our next episode with my kid's dream guest goes live. Thanks for listening.